And now, a special edition of the Toddcast podcast. I press this button right here. What do you got? Yeah! <laughs> What's up, bud? Oh, man. I'm good. Oh, man. I'm good. good. To, it's good to see you. This is the third time we've done this for the Toddcast. Uh, but the first, that, of course, we've been able to do this face-to-face, man. It's been a while. Yeah. It has been a while. It's yeah. good to see you. Uh, How's it going? It's interesting. As uh, I, I, I know that you've uh, been informed of what, of what we're up to. Yeah, we have big news. We're going to share this podcast. We'll get to that later on. This is the okay, whole okay. tease of the why okay. Trevor Hurst of Econoline Crush is joining us for his third appearance on the podcast. But yeah. I'm wondering, as a medical professional, that's what you do on your side hustle when you're not rocking the world. Yeah. What's your take on COVID-19 and how everybody's reacted to it, how the, the world has kind of somewhat quarantined not really is it bigger than it is is it smaller than what it was what's your take well when i when i got a uh, one of my first jobs there was two shipping containers out front of the building right and uh one of them the back half of it was full of stuff for h1n1 in preparation for the community just in case something went on so this is worse and this one's tougher than that and um it is it's a virus it's real it's uh very very um contagious uh it just we're lucky you know like people are lucky um it's odd too it's a really odd virus like there's all these odd sort of statistics things floating around misinformation all this other stuff so people really don't know a lot about it. I, I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I would just say that it is a real thing. I think wearing a mask, I don't know why that became such a deal. It's like, just wear a mask. It's no big deal. It's like, remember those bandanas we used to have to have in the 80s or whatever, in 90s? You'd have these bandanas. Remember? Like, now, now you can have that legit. Like, and put it on. Like, be a cowboy. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, it's amazing that people uh, fight that, hey? It's like, it, it not only helps... Like you and your family and your friends, but it's also helping the frontline workers. Well, well, exactly. Have you ever seen that? I think it was on Twitter. I saw it where the guy's naked is peeing, and there's another guy like a few feet away, and he's naked and he's getting pee on his leg. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "Had the guy over here been wearing pants, and you were wearing pants, you probably wouldn't have got any pee on you at all." That's how masks work, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and how not not funny but for a lack of better phrasing how funny is it that attention now has shifted to the riots and then suddenly oh shit we're still in a pandemic everybody yeah like i watched that and i i'm really worried of what we're gonna see but what's kind of unfortunate or whatever uh, of the situation and all that comes with all those riots um we're going to realize pretty quickly how real this thing is because if we come back and it's just a moderate or even low case count, then maybe we know this virus is not as strong as we thought it was. If it comes back heavy, you know, it could be a lot of trouble. Well, I thought that that was going to be the case, Trevor, when they, you know, about, about a month back, I guess when Dr. Bonnie had said, you know, okay, we're going to open it up slow, but you know, yeah, get your bubble a little bit bigger and, you know, maybe go to the park or whatever. And, and then suddenly Ambleside, you know, park here, Stanley park, white rock, all these different places have like way more people than normal than yeah. if you, you know, like literally thousands of people. And 
at, at that point I was kind of bracing for, oh man, here it comes now. And it's, it, it really didn't come. And I yeah. think that in the last, what was it in the last 24 hours, there's been one case in British Columbia, one new reported case. I know it's interesting. So then what do you, what, what are the factors there? You know, maybe it's just because the, the, the gathering was outside. Yeah. Maybe this is something that just cannot function once it's hitting the sun or hitting the wind. Whereas like the scary thing is, you know, I do believe indoors, like say two, two workers or two friends or whatever, tell them I'm really enthralled in a story in a stairwell in an apartment building. And then they take off and you come out and you walk down that stairwell. If you've, enter through walk through the area where they were talking and one of those guys was symptomatic asymptomatic but still was carrier you could you could potentially get it you know within eight minutes of that conversation wow because it just hangs aerosol in the air you know and again a mask prevent that well let's shift gears here a little bit i know you're a hockey fan yeah what are your thoughts on the abbreviated 2020 covid playoffs it's weird. I, I think it just gets an asterisk, right? Like it goes down history. Right, and, and do you want your team to win in an asterisk year? It's it's strange, yeah, right? And it's it's like the guys that know how to kind of come out of the gate. Like there was probably so many guys. Can you imagine you're sitting at home, wife and kids? You're a science guy, man. And you're like, honey, come on, another sub. I'm starving. She's like, you're going to lose your, you know, he's like, we're never going back. Forget about it. You know, and then all of a sudden ring, what? You know, muffle a hoagie and you're like, oh God, I got to go play hockey. Right. Like, I wonder how many guys were not staying in shape. Oh yeah, man. Uh, probably all of them. I don't know. I think there's going to be some keeners out there that were really like, when I come back, I'm good. You know, <laughs> who were, who I were know. you liking uh, before the virus hit? Well, I'm always like, I am, uh, I'm partial and it's strange how I got there. So I should explain it. Cause a lot of people are always saying, well, how could you be a Philadelphia Flyers fan? I became a Philadelphia Flyers fan because of Reggie Leach and Bobby Clark. They were both from like Flim Flon and, uh, uh I think they're both from Flim Flon or they're both up from up North anyway. Yeah. And I, and I actually spoke to Reggie Leach on the phone from a radio station in Winnipeg, uh, when he was being, uh, honored in the Manitoba, uh, you know, I guess it was athletics or whatever, Hall of Fame, sports yeah. Hall of Fame. So, yeah, so that's, so I was, so I was hoping for the Flyers. I'm always hoping for the Flyers. Right. <laughs> I think we're losing our connection here. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what are you, what have you been watching? Yeah, yeah, have yeah, you been watching watch anything it. lately or what? Um, did you watch that? What was it called? Uh, with uh, Bateman. Yeah, Ozark. No, that other one. The where he was like, was it called Ozark? No, it wasn't. Where he, it was a Stephen King novel before. Oh. Uh, and there was a kid. Uh, kids, there's a, like a, a demon going from body to body to body, murdering wow. people, and it. Jason. In, Jason Bateman. Yeah. I think it was Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. I'm just, I'm just going to get my, uh, get my producer. My producer is going to look this up for us right now. Get that producer to look that up. Get my producer to look that up for us. Jason and the girl, there's a woman that's an actress in that new series on HBO called Run. She was in it. 
And you think it was a Stephen King? No, no, she wasn't. Yeah, Stephen King wrote it, I think. The Outsider. Yeah. Oh, I haven't man, seen I it, would... and I've, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I thought you were talking about the Ozark. Uh, if, you haven't seen, if you haven't seen that, dude. Whew. Really? Like, I'll tell you, Jason Bateman has got to be one of the best actors of the last, certainly last few years. It's amazing how he's like come from where he was to where he is now. Like, wow. Right. Cause there was a time where like, it was like, yeah, he was written off pretty much. He could have been a, um, what was it? What was the other guy? You know, the other guy in, uh, in that 21 jump street, you had Richard oh. Grieco. He could have been a Richard Grieco. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> oh man. And so the outsider is really good then. I've, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, I mean, I have, it's weird, like, you know, you, you get in this time when you're quarantined and you should be binging, watching movies, and we have kind of as a group, as a family, as whatever, but um, music has been more of a thing, like, just working on music, uh, and then also all the other side of music, and, and so it's just been, that's been my consuming thing, totally almost, for the whole coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the silver lining is, uh, you know, to be with family and then kind of just do whatever you want. Well, yeah, and it, it did kind of it definitely like highlighted, I think, how much we kind of take for granted. We're kind of like blasting through life and going, yeah, 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 I'll get around to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're not doing stuff with your kids or whatever. And going to concerts, like you just think it's just going to go on forever. And all of a sudden, you know, you can't go to a concert. You can't go to a sporting event. It, it, does, it rocks your world, doesn't it? Like, I, I can't remember who I was talking. It was recently I was talking to, it might have been the guys in, in, in Bleecker. Or maybe it was uh, Aaron from AWOL Nation. No, it was Aaron from AWOL Nation. Yeah. And he goes, you know, like, it, it, it's so crappy because we can't even go see shitty concerts. <laughs> let, let alone the ones we want to see. We can't even see shit shows right now. Yeah. Which is so true. What do you think, by the way? What do you think of the idea? And I don't know if this is, if this is still something that Live Nation is, um, still wants to implement. But certainly in the last little while, they talked about perhaps bringing shows like you would get in a drive-in theater where you drive up, you'd see the show, you know, maybe put the speaker, you mess with the volume in your car or whatever. Did you hear about that idea? And what do you think of it? Well, it's interesting because like, uh, I think it was, I don't know. I'm trying to think what year it was. It was early 2000s. I was having dinner with uh, Tom, this guy, Tommy Nast, who's a radio guy, and, the, and two gentlemen from, I think it's Regis Pictures, which was this chain of, is that the right name? Regis, I think. It was a chain in the United States. And what they were look, working on was trying to do concerts in, like, on the screen. So, like, it would be like a live event, but you could go in, you know, Cleveland and watch the show from Chicago in the movie theater. Right. And it was going to be multi-camera and everything. But um, it just doesn't work. Like, it just doesn't work. <laughs> Not really. It's like, like, it's like when they do that with hockey games and stuff, and they put them in the arenas, and you're watching a game from Chicago and, and Toronto, but you're sitting in Rogers Arena. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah it's not I can sit at home. Hockey. Yeah, like, and it, it, there's, 
you know, there's reasons why the crowd works. There's pheromones there, right? You get, get enough people in, in a room and the pheromones are flying around and people get heightened and they get excited. And there's just, there's a whole connection and this thing happens and you just cannot duplicate that. You know, you can duplicate or you can create something else, which I'm not saying couldn't happen, but just to sort of have that excitement of a concert. Mm, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, and and when you look back over your career with Econoline Crush, we've talked a little bit about uh, you know touring and stuff, and and opening up for Kiss and and all that. What are some of the key moments? If I'm pressing you for three right now, like what are some where you're just like, I fucking cannot believe that this is happening to my band right now. Like three things that I could think of from my whole career. Yeah. Well. Okay, so you know how, it's interesting, like, as you age and you go through life, I don't know if everybody does this, but I tend to like to revisit some advice I get and how I processed it at the time and see if I want to process it any differently. And um, I can remember working on, I don't know if it was, you don't know what it's like, or um, make it right. But there was a moment in time where it was just kind of like myself, Ziggy, and Bob Rock in, in the studio. And Bob says, you know, I said something about, oh, man, this is so cool, the way this sounds. And Ziggy was like, yeah, man, it's Hitsville, USA, or something. Like he said, you know, it was really funny, like just the way he said it. Bob looked at him and he was like, you know, it doesn't matter what happens with the song. I mean, you should be, like, involved in the process. The process is the answer. That's, that's where the, you know, the meat of it is or whatever. And I can remember, like, looking at Bob and looking at Zig and kind of watching this go down and going, man. What a bunch of bullshit. We gotta sell some records, you know? Like you know, I was like, totally, the process is fine, but dude, we need this to be a big song. Yeah. And uh but now I understand what he's talking about because like at the end of the day, you know, you don't know what the hell your song's gonna do. But you will record and you will record and you'll record and you'll build this thing. And if you enjoy building the machine, which we do so much, we've been doing it and doing it and doing it for over all these years and rebuilding it and tooling it and fixing it and changing it and building it, tearing it up and building it again. We've been doing it so many times that um, you start to understand, hey, man, it's the process. It's the process of recording, writing, fighting for the parts, you know, losing the battle for the parts going over you know um arrangements it's just it's cool man the whole thing is cool it's a blessed existence and uh i think the sooner in your career you learn that the better um another moment i can think of right now is just walking on to the stage at madison square gardens opening for kiss and just looking at that roof and going and then kind of thinking, damn it, I wish I was here in a Flyers jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, and then like... Uh, Pause. Do you remember what you opened uh, that set when you opened up for Kiss at MSG? Do you remember the song you opened with? I don't remember what, I, what we opened with, but um, the third song in was home 
And so what we would do was, what I did was, my record reps and I, we'd go and I'd, and it was cool because like lots of times, man, we'd go and we'd get to meet the people, uh, the GMs or like somebody from promotions in the organization. But I'd always ask for a jersey. The Kiss guys were so cool. They loved us. They loved the band. And so we, one of the guys just volunteered. He's, I'll do follow spot for you. So we had this whole thing rigged up. So when we finished the, um, the first two songs, I would run behind the guitar rig and throw on the jersey. And so that night it was the Ranger jersey of the town, run back to the center stage, do the Jesus Christ pose, and wham, they'd hit it with a spotlight and everybody would go bananas, right? Yeah. And uh, so I can remember that. You know, just wearing that jersey and the light hits you and everybody's just like, Rangers, Rangers, you know, this is crazy. You're like, ah, the Phillies would be nice right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when we listened, when we went to Philadelphia, man, it was unbelievable because uh, we were in this giant room and it was like, a, I don't know, it was like a break. So everybody was in there, like maintenance guys and trainers and all these people. And I was sitting by our, uh, at the time, our rope man, and Fabrizio Del Monte and we're sitting this guy's walking way across the other side of the room and I go hey Fab 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 see that guy see that guy and he's like yeah yeah I go his name's Rocky he was the trainer when Fred Shiro was the coach <laughs> nice and this guy goes by behind us in a suit and he stops and he goes what'd you say in his Philly accent and I'm like nothing man nothing nothing another thing we're just uh just having some food. I was just making a comment. You nothing. It's cool. Thanks, man. And he's going, no, what did you say? And I said, that's Rocky. Uh, he was the trainer when Fred Shearer was the coach. Like when he handed him the bucket to put the towel in to get Don Cherry. You remember that stuff? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, man, you must be a hell of a Flyer fan. And I go, I am. And he goes, come with me. We went in the dressing room. I got three hockey sticks. I got a puck. I got a... Uh, uh, Lindros was the plan for them at the time. I got a Lindros jersey. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Like, and, and all through rock. Yeah, all through rock and roll. Look, look at that. <laughs> and another quick hockey story. One time we were playing yeah. in uh, Albany, New York. And I, and I see these guys walking down the hallway and I go, hey, Canadians. And half of them turn around and they go, how do you know we're Canadians? And I go, come on, you're hockey players, aren't you? Yeah. And they, they come back, you know, and they're from Saskatchewan or something. So we have this chat. And, uh, oh, it's just a funny shit. But the guy goes, this older guy, this veteran, he goes, hey, man, you want to have some fun? And I go, sure. And he goes, come on, play along. So we go down into this this office area and past the secretary. He's like, I'm Myrtle. And she's like, hey. We go into this little room and he goes, uh, hey, chief. Got the guy from Slovakia here, the new defenseman. What do you want me to, what do you want me to do with him? And I'm just standing there. Nice. The guy looks up at me, looks at that guy, looks back at me. Then all of a sudden, the guy started, the hockey player starts to laugh, and we both start laughing. He goes, Jesus Christ, oh my God. And you know, like <laughs> he was just so scared that they'd actually drafted somebody who looked like me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Trevor, hit me, with, uh, hit me with your three deserted island albums that you'd need to have. Wow. Um, like impossible question. I know it's really tough, right? But if I was just to think about it really quickly, I'd say like, um, I'd want one of the sound gardens, a sound garden, um, 
protection by um what is that band called damn it damn it damn it it's escaping me right now electro pop band from the 90s from britain massive attack protection okay and then um u2 october weird hey (laughs) i don't know that i would have been able to pick any of those well maybe the sound garden Definitely Soundgarden uh, influence in your music. Definitely. There's definitely well, that. Well, Seattle, like Seattle, because like that's where we hung out like in, as we were forming the band and, and who we'd go see. You know, we had friends in Grunt Truck and, and Tad, and so we'd go see these bands. Um, we had um, Mondo from Poison Idea do a Canadian tour with us, you know, punk band from Portland. So yeah, we, we always had a connection to the northwest of the U.S. for sure. Yeah, H- had uh, Cornell taken his life last we talked? How fucked up has that been in the last little while? All the people we've lost. That is strange. Um, I had heard stories so back in the day that like he was pretty pretty volatile, dude. Um, I just think Chester. That's strange too. Like. Really good friends with, with, uh, with Chris, and he, and he killed himself yeah. on Chris's birthday. Yeah, yeah. So that's wow. just, yeah. I know. It's naughty. And, and there's a lot of people, too, like that, that end up passing away, and, and it's, you know, uh, some kind of, like, disease or whatever, but, you know, it really was, like, one of those leaving Las Vegas scenarios, too. I, I know many cases where people kind of either drank or drugged themselves to death, you know? that don't kind of get lifted as a completed suicide. Yeah. And something we should talk about, like as far as musicians, I mean, it is a, it is a mentally, I think as a group of people, they're a lot more sensitive and they, you know, they're a lot more um, exposed sort of in a lot of ways because, you know, you're putting your work out there for judgment. People say a lot of harsh things. People treat you kind of subhuman when they're reviewing your work. So then you're kind of like, Whoa, you know, it kind of hurts. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, this guy that can't play a fucking chord just told you how much your album sucks. Like, really, bud? I know it's it's crazy, but I get it though. Like, I get it. Whatever. It's all part of the machinery, right? Like, you just yeah, you got to got to you know plow through or get chewed chewed up and thrown out the back. Yeah, I I like it. I appreciate the 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 battle. I really do. I really appreciate it. And speaking of the battle, yes. W- when do we hear a new Econoline crush? record well a new a new record is 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 on on its way uh, a new single or a newish single so we re-recorded um get out of the way yeah. song we recorded back yeah back in uh 2008 so we re-recorded that and it's really kind of fun because we were recording it just to launch this new label this new relationship we were building and this whole thing and as we were doing that all of a sudden this pandemic kind of explodes and we're like, wow. And so we kind of used it in a way and it applied all the lyrics and everything seems so applicable to the, to the pandemic and to the situation right now. And so it kind of worked out great in that sense. I mean, it sucks. It's a pandemic on, but we, so we thought, well, you know what, we're going to put it out anyway. We're going to, we're going to work it. We're going to put it out anyway and see what happens. Which unveils, the big news, the reason, the key reason that we have you on the Toddcast uh, today. 
So Trevor Hurst, Econoline Crush, tell us what is up and new in your world. Well, we've got a bunch of things on the go, but the biggest thing I think for us is that we did a deal with um, Malian Records in Vancouver. It's an independent uh, label. We're distributed through InGrooves Universal, so it's exciting. Very uh, cool. Yes. And while we were working on that, um, I became the president of the label. So I kind of have some control of that situation. So yeah, um, walk us through how, okay, so initially it was like, hey, do you want to come jump on and we're going to you know, put get out of the way? We're going to do it uh, with a uh, distribution through Canada. We'll get it into the States as well. How do you walk from that to like, sure, I'll be the president of your label. How does that happen? What give give us the walk us through the steps that how did that happen? How to become <laughs> label president? <laughs> I know it's a strange thing. Uh, Super cool, by the way. Super cool. I think what just happened was that I was like, okay, we got like they'd hired a, a consultant, and I phoned a bunch of people that I'd met had relationships with in the American music business, and kind of got the lowdown on the consultant phoned them back and said, okay, so this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And really, like, we have to do, we should be doing, you know, A, B, C, and D in this order. We should try and, and set this like this. And so I had a lot of input into what was going on. And um, a couple of the things that we brought to the table in terms of a band and then as myself as sort of like being creative or having ideas and, and just getting going, um, I don't know. It worked out. It was like a really, so they were really kind of impressed. And so, uh, Amal was like, okay, man, um, I'd like to offer you something and I want you to seriously consider it. And at first I thought it was just crazy. Like it's just lunacy, like lunacy. But after a while I was like, you know what? No, I think that's kind of cool. Like, because the whole goal of getting back to doing this music thing more forcefully and, and more full time was because, um, you know, I'd been doing some work, um, the other thing that we have going on is we have a documentary coming up. So I segue in kind of poorly there, but, but we have a documentary coming out called Flatlander. And it's sort of about my graduating from Brandon University um, with a Bachelor of Science in Psychiatric Nursing, getting a job at Chinook Dakota Nation, and being there for three, almost three years, being their uh, home and community care nurse, and just getting involved in the community. And so I'm filmed doing this whole process and the whole time also playing shows and trying to figure out where it is I should be going. And I realized that when I got involved in ag advocacy work for all people that are kind of like marginalized, but in particular, this community I was working with, that as a musician, as a public figure, you have bigger audience and you may have bigger impact you know it's a, it, it sucks because people are totally kind of negative towards you and your music which sucks but at this point in my life I have kids I have um, done a lot of things I think it's you know, courage here and, and step up and say look at this stuff is wrong and one of the biggest things that I talk about in the documentary is just the, the way that the First Nations are treated in this country you know, it's a very, um, it's a very just difficult situation. So I would like to see, you know, there be change. I'd like to see there be dialogue. And if I can encourage that dialogue and encourage, um, 
you know, uh, maybe people opening their eyes and uh, to the situation and having empathy for others rather than sort of just thinking about themselves. Um, yeah, I think that would be cool. And then also bring in some really great rock and roll simultaneously. It's like just, just trying to have some fun, you know? Just a couple birds, one stone. Yeah. Um, any idea when the documentary is out? That's cool, man. I didn't know that. That's amazing news. It's going to, and see, the cool thing about the documentary is it needs a soundtrack too. So we're working on that right now. So you have the soundtrack for, uh, uh, you know, the, the, a rock record, basically. We're putting out a rock record like a normal rock band would do. Then we're doing this soundtrack thing. And then I was just going through a bunch of stuff tonight and there's all these crazy old demos. And I was like, man, we should just do like a demo reel. So like there might be a, just a ton of music coming out. That and then, is awesome. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing too for us is like, if this change happens, we have to figure out how to like, you know, as a band, how are we going to get our message out then if we're not playing shows and how do we make the experience online which is very different than concerts, more attractive or whatever for the viewer. And I think for us, it's going to be probably giving some insight into the process because again, going back to the process, that's an important part of it. And us working on songs or talking and having little clips of that and then play the song and then explaining, you know, why this was this and this was that, you know, why we made those moves and had those instruments come in there, you know. And I think it'd be cool insight for fans to see how things get put together. Oh, it's a great idea, 100%. So is this where I say, Trevor, are you looking for bands to submit to Amalian Records? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you want to hear from just a ton of people? Are, are you going to be signing a, a shitload of bands in the next little while? Or Well, we've got a couple bands that we're signing right now, um, but we're definitely not like, you know Virgin Records or anything, but we're, we're doing our best. Um, I think we'll see what, what comes in like, this fall and going into the spring of next year, I think it's going to be a lot of focus on the acts. The, the, like we have a band from we're working with from uh, Tennessee called Artifice. And uh, uh, we have a couple of Vancouver acts um, that were part of uh, a, a million records before. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many bands, but I definitely want to, would like to hear music. I mean, like if there's a band that just blows your socks off, are you not going to sign them? I mean, you'll find a way, right? It's yeah. kind of like, it's sort of like that when you're buying those old vinyls and stuff. It's like, I don't really, I can't really. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, man, I, I can't believe I've got to cap it here, but I, I, I probably should stop. Ah, fuck it. One more. I can buy yeah, one just more. one more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so where's the best place for people to reach out to you then? Um, www.conlinecrush.net uh, Um we have the usual Twitter and whatever and we can probably give you the links Facebook and stuff yeah I'll put all yeah, that yeah. stuff up yeah. Yeah. awesome Trevor it's really good to see you man oh by the way we were talking before the COVID you know about getting you out this way for an Econoline Crush slash Toddcast show at the railway and I'm sure yeah. we'll probably eventually get that happening again but yeah uh, yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know that that was in the plans for this summer, but, uh, but, but that ain't happening right now, kids. Who knows? Like, no. I have no idea when they're going to have a hundred plus person gatherings for these Toddcast shows. I couldn't tell you when that's happening again. I don't know, but at least you got it. Well, you got a new merch item, you know, the Toddcast uh, <laughs> face mask. <laughs> it's a new merch item. Here we awesome. go. Trevor, it's good to see you, bud. We'll see you online. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast.